Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of When the Music Stops. Today, I am joined with Oscar Salguero, uh, a native El Salvadorian, a senior mobile developer, a lead organizer of Google Developer Group in San Salvador, where he currently resides, and uh, the host of Code Play Talk on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Oscar, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Aviv. Thank you for having me. So... One of the things that motivated me to speak to you, Oscar, was that you have been following the Chivo wallet uh, quite heavily. Um, what motivated you to uh, pursue this and look deeply at the Chivo Bitcoin wallet? Yes, you know, one of the reasons that I installed it and I actually came to El Salvador for Bitcoin Day uh, last month and I've been using Chivo wallet is to be able to educate people uh, in a better way because there is zero official information about the wallet and there's like a big, big um, information void that um, is making people get into scams. Uh, so I want to be part of the solution of this, educating more people about how, you know, Bitcoin works and how Chivo Wallet is working because of the lack of official information. So the, the fascinating thing about the Bitcoin wallet that was created in uh, El Salvador by the, the, the current president is that although people are touting it as a movement of freedom, the wallet itself is, is not very transparent. Um, what, what are some concerns that you have when trying to figure out what exactly is happening with the wallet and, and the back end and, and the actual way that it works? Yes, absolutely. Well, look, I've, I've known Bitcoin since 2014. Um, when I was living in New York City, I was one of the first, you know, that went to the ATMs in Wall Street uh, to test it out and everything. So um, aside of that, I've been building applications for the last 10 years and I, you know, I'm really worried about um, personal data protections and, uh, you know, privacy and stuff like that. So um, from my point of view, the developers of Chivo, which is an Argentinian company that uh, El Salvador's government hired, uh, it's a company called Lemon Cash. Um, they have um, ignored a lot of best practices and a lot of, uh, you know, even common sense when you deal with uh, people's personal data, such as national IDs um, and other kind of information, and also. Um, Something that is really important to me is, for example, as a user of the Mon wallet, is that it's an open source uh, Mon wallet and it's self-custodial um, versus Chivo wallet, which is a totally closed source and is not available anywhere for anyone to audit. So there's no way to know what's happening inside that. Uh, there have been a lot of complaints about missing money, transactions that never went out uh, if you send them over L1 or uh, Bitcoin, you know. On the first layer. Main blockchain on, or on chain, yeah, first layer. So uh, I wanted to install it on my device, on my, on my Salvadoran iPhone with my Salvadoran identity, uh, national ID and phone number. And I've been using it. I've been using it, uh, doing a lot of transactions with uh, other wallets, with the Chivo ATMs, and yeah, I observe a lot of a lot of things, and uh, my main concerns are basically the handling of personal identifiable information 
that are uh, national IDs. And also um, the second one is the lack of accountability for the transactions on the Lightning Network because this wallet also supports Lightning Network, but that's completely like a black box that nobody can audit. Um, and when you do uh, an L1 uh, transaction, it gets canceled. And one of the things that surprised me the most is that Thursday, this Thursday, um, I made a transaction. I sent like $12 to a friend and the transaction got stuck for more than 24 hours. And the next day, Chivo Wallet customer support representatives call me on my phone because they have my national ID, they have my phone uh, to tell me that the transaction had been canceled, that the balance should be on my balance. Um, and yeah, so I tried the transaction again. And guess what? I tried the transaction Friday around 2 p.m. And yesterday, Saturday, around 9.50 a.m., I get another call from the um, Chivo customer support. I wasn't close to the phone, so it's just a missed call, but it was the same. The transaction failed and it was canceled. And when I opened my Chivo wallet, I had that balance in my, in my Bitcoin balance because uh, the, the wallet has two balances, has a USD balance and a, and a, and a BTC balance. So uh, a lot of uh, different issues that are not only technical issues anymore, but it's actually how it works and how it is connected to um, main blockchain uh, for Bitcoin transactions. So yeah, it's really strange. It's, if sometimes if you try to follow an address or a transaction ID, you go to blockchain.com or btc.com and you want to see what happened with that transaction and it has error messages saying that the transaction failed or uh, that some data was not fine and, and you only see zeros and you don't see anything, anything similar to like a regular BTC transaction. So... All of that has been really, really strange. People still is losing money. Uh, some people, and I have uh, two family members that have been affected because of this, they cannot register because their national ID was already used to register on their behalf. Um, so there has been a lot of identity theft and national ID um, misusage to register other people and maybe that's because people wanted to steal their um, gift because the government gave everyone a promotional balance of $30 in Bitcoin. Um, basically, what happens is that one hour after you successfully register on the application, you receive a notification. And when you open the app, it tells you that you have a gift bonus in Bitcoin, which at the moment was equivalent to $30. So, um, yeah, that has been the driving force behind a lot of scams and a lot of people has been registered into this platform using their national ID, maybe from a leaked database because in El Salvador we don't have data protection laws. And unfortunately, uh, these databases of national IDs are just rolling around. They, it's been years that they are, you know, of public domain, basically, um, when you go to a telecommunications company and you want to get a SIM card or a cell phone, 
they ask you for your national ID and they actually make a photocopy of it um, in the in the front and the back and they save it. And, you know, I guess that all of that information has been leaking uh, all over the place and the scammers got their hands on that information and they have been registering people. Uh, they've been basically just fooling the KYC that the Chivo application has that it's supposed to be safe because the Chivo wallet, when you register, the first thing that asks you is your national ID, your phone number. Then uh, you have to take a picture of the front of your national ID, the back of your national ID. And the third step is that you take a selfie. And that's basically because they have a facial recognition component that it's supposed to match your face with the picture that is on the front of your national ID. But that has also been failing. I have another family member that tried to register. She uh, entered her national ID herself. So she was not, you know, robbed of her national ID by someone else. But when she was trying to finalize the KYC with this uh, identity verification, it failed. Uh, I don't know what it was. Maybe the light on the picture or the, some reflection or something. But she got stuck and she wasn't able to um, to finish the registration. On the other cases, my other two family members that were already registered into the platform, um, I actually was next to them when they called the customer support. Uh, they have a customer support number. You know, people on the customer support is really kind. They uh, make a ticket with your case and they tell you that somebody's gonna call you, but it's been a week since one of my family members um, called them and there's no news about them, no text messages, no phone calls. So I don't know, it's something that they really need to fix. Um, and it shouldn't be happening because this is a critical application that people supposedly needs to pay for daily life stuff, right? So what if I need medicine? What if I need groceries? What if I need milk for my baby? What if I need to pay for a cow? What if I need to pay my boss fare? And this thing is not working, you know? So um, I don't think this application was ready. I think they rushed it. Um, there was only like three months to set up all of these things. And you can feel how it's just like a bunch of services, third-party provider services stitched together. <laughs> and sometimes they, um, they don't integrate well. Some people is also getting negative uh, Bitcoin balances, which, you know, shouldn't happen uh, on, a, on a blockchain that it's supposed to prevent uh, the double spending problem and all of those other issues that um, apparently Bitcoin resolves. So, yeah, it's just played with errors and, and bugs and issues. And it's really alarming that a government through a private company that manages Chivo Wallet knows all of your transactions. I was really shocked when I got a, when I got a call, uh, you know, the other day. If I if I use Venmo in America or if I use um, PayPal or Cash App to send money to my friends, those applications will never ask me for so much personal information as this one. Uh, obviously you have to put in your name, address and social security number, but you have never to scan your national ID or something like that. Um, and Chivo Wallet is basically a, a merging 
a wallet um, with a Venmo-like application. Unfortunately, it's not a self-custodial wallet. It's a, it's a custodial wallet where the government owns the keys and they can do anything they want with your money. So th there's so much there and it's very fascinating. I mean, th there's the issue of, I mean, let's start with the first thing that I wanted to ask, which is uh, about the, what you just mentioned about the custodial aspect. Where is the Bitcoin? Because typically when we say Bitcoin wallet, either it falls into the custodial where it's like a, an exchange is providing you a balance. It's showing you on your, on your phone or on your uh, computer but that balance exists with them, or we have Bitcoin wallets that are non-custodial, where really the money is on your phone in the form of private keys that are on your device and that you could then, you know, move to a different device. So where is the Bitcoin for the Chivo wallet? Yes. Um, so what we know is that there are two companies, at least two um, private, you know, multinational third-party companies that are the custodials of this of this bitcoin and also the exchanges that have sold the bitcoin to El Salvador government and those companies are Bitso and Binance so as far as we know as far as the information that we have in El Salvador those are the third parties inside the Chivo wallet ecosystem let's call it that have have anything to do with with Bitcoin, so is it, does that mean that if I have the Chivo wallet and I send on the the first layer of Bitcoin, like you know in, in, you know the regular old school Bitcoin transaction where I'm just sending in a uh, you know making a transaction that's going to get accepted into a block, does that mean that I'm sending money to Binance or to Bitso uh, when I send money to someone else or or to even to myself, my own Chivo wallet? If if I click deposit. And I send money from you know Coinbase to my own Chivo wallet. Is that where it's going? Bitso or Binance? So some researchers and I have been uh, clicking at the transaction IDs that we've gotten from transferring mon, uh, money from Mon wallet to Chivo wallet, and we have gotten to some uh, Binance addresses or allegedly Binance addresses. Um, so yeah, we could we could say that basically uh, it seems that. Salvadoran's Bitcoin is in the hands of either Binance or Bitso, and, and they are the third-party service that is doing that behind Chivo Wallet. So right away, this seems like a, uh, a, a bit of a red flag, uh, because that, what that means, if I understand correctly, is that supposedly, you know, if Binance were to become insolvent or if Bitso were to be shut down or if there were any technical problems with those exchanges, even just... You know the exchanges are offline for three hours. It would seem that the people of El Salvador that use Chivo Wallet would essentially be offline for those three hours because they're really dependent on the exchanges to provide those them that service. Yes, look, any any event, any negative event that affects uh, blockchain or the Lightning Network is not going to be <laughs> a good thing for El Salvador. Uh, if it happens, like so, just to give you an example. Uh, Bitcoin had a flash crash on May 19th, if I'm That's not mistaken. Correct. Um, I mean, how can you expect a country to have a Bitcoin wallet that is depending on something that is not 99.9% .9 available, you know, for, for its economy? Um, 
So it, it's a it's a real issue, you know. It's not it's not like they uh, the government created their own exchange and they hold the Bitcoin themselves. It's that they have these third party companies that have they have hired to to do it for them. So let's talk about the Argentinian company that you say this private company that was responsible for building yes. the wallet. Firstly, is this public information? Is this readily and widely available? Uh, who are they? How are how did they get this role of essentially creating the banking app for the entire population? Yes. So um, the information is really limited, but it's public. And actually, there is a uh, South American uh, media outlet that interviewed uh, one of the founders of Lemon Cash. Um, I think it's El Clarín. Um, El Clarín. It's a it's a newspaper in you know, even more south than mm -hmm. El Salvador is in, in actual South America. And uh, they were interviewed by this uh, news outlet. And they um, they said that Lemon Cash, uh, in combination with another company uh, from Venezuela, are the ones that built Chivo Wallet version one. So, so do you know the name of the company from Venezuela? That was uh, participated with Lemon Cash. I will have to get back to you on that, but I can I can provide you with the with the article from El Clarín, where where the Lemon Cash people uh, talks about building the Shiba wallet uh, for the Salvador government. It's a small company. Um, it's based in San Martín de los Andes in Argentina, and they uh, built. Um, the Chivo wallet. Excellent. Well, I, I do believe I found it, so we're definitely going to link the article from El Clarín in the description um, of this uh, video. And yep, that's the same one that I have there. Yes, and just to answer your question about how did they get into the mix, uh, we have no idea because all of that is uh, top secret information. All of the all of the information regarding the construction of Chivo wallet. And all of the, let's say, Bitcoin financial financial system in El Salvador has been reserved by the Salvadoran government. So the details about that are really, really blurry. Um, some time ago, the way that government, um, you know, contracts work is that you will have at least three, uh, you know, companies giving the government an offer. There was a law that actually mandated that the government hired uh, providers that way, and they should be able to analyze those three offers and determine which one was uh, of the best interest for the country and maybe the cheapest one. And they will decide uh, in that kind of contest uh, which provider they will hire or which provider is going to get the contract from the government. That was the law that we had some, some time ago. But the current government basically abolished that law months ago for other purchases that they wanted to do just because they wanted to purchase something to a friend or something like that or a family member, and they abolished that law. So now uh, the details about how these companies were selected are completely confidential, and it's just the government knows. So, I mean, th that's very fascinating. So the, the the previous law was that the government had to publicly uh, report the competing offers from different, essentially, 
private bidders that wanted to do something for the government of El Salvador. And then the government had to pick essentially the one that aligned most with the with the interest of the people, whether that is the cheapest one or the the one of the highest quality or, a, a, of course, some mixed mixture of the two. Um, and now you're saying that, you know, the way that the government picked um, th- this company s- seems to not no longer align with that. And it's hard to find out where the motivations come from. Well, I mean, yes, I, it's exactly what is happening now that uh, everything is being, um, if it's the wish of the presidency to hire uh, X uh, for any service, it's granted. Um, and and there's, no, there's no like deeper study or, or deepest analysis on whatever the provider is offering. Basically, if if the executive branch wants to do something, they just give an order and it's done. So uh, one thing that comes to mind, because the, 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 the first part of this Bitcoin law was making Bitcoin um, legal tender. And the law went further to say that Bitcoin was mandatory tender, that if someone had Bitcoin, you had to accept that. Is that still the case that it is mandatory tender? Uh, yes. So the law was never um, amended or was never changed. Uh, the original articles that you know were exposed by uh, lawmakers uh, five days after the Bitcoin law was announced, it was approved, and those original articles uh, still remain um, to date. Um, a lot of people has tried to adopt Bitcoin and accept Bitcoin. I've gone to a few places where I was able to make a transaction either with Mon Wallet or Chivo Wallet. Uh, now, one month later, where when it's working a little bit better, but um, not everyone is accepting it. Actually, I went to a couple of places this week, uh, this past uh, week, I think um, Wednesday or, or Tuesday where uh, they have a sign on, on the register that says that they um been suffering delays from the providers of the technology. I don't know which provider are they using. And um, that's why they are not taking Bitcoin. And there are like hundreds of small businesses that are just like that at the moment. They have a sign that says that we are working on accepting Bitcoin, but we are not there yet. And there's other bunch of businesses that yes, they have, um, for example, in a grocery store, not all of the registers uh, take Bitcoin, but in a supermarket that I went to, they have 10 registers and only register one and register four accept Chivo Wallet. So if I wanted to pay with Bitcoin, I just have to make a line on that register and I should be able to pay with Bitcoin. Uh, But yeah, like at the moment it's a mixed bag but people has been trying to comply with the law because people is afraid that there are going to be some sanctions and the government is going to enforce um, the law itself, you know, and uh, that's why people is trying to comply. But uh, yeah, the law hasn't changed. There's a still Article 7 that makes it mandatory and it's legal tender. In, and if anyone wants to pay you with Bitcoin and you have the means to accept it, as an individual or as a company, you must take it. 
I see. Now, do you think that most people that are accepting Bitcoin currently use the Chivo wallet to accept, or do you think they're using their own wallet? Uh, uh, for example, a non-custodial wallet. Yes, in my experience, uh, that is not the case because from all of the small businesses and uh, franchises that I have visited, they are not using Chivo Wallet, all of them. Some of them are using Open Node. Some of them are using Wallet Evex. Um, just to tell you a couple of them. Um, last month, when I went to a McDonald's, I was given a QR code printed on a paper, like a regular you know, voucher from a store, but with a QR code. When I scanned that QR code with my Mon wallet, it gave me an error and it told me that it was not a Bitcoin address. It turns out that it was a QR code that I had to scan with my phone's camera uh, to go to a website. And on that website, I will get a, an actual Bitcoin address or Bitcoin QR code that I could scan with my wallet to pay them. Okay, that was one month ago. One month later, uh, this week, I went to the same McDonald's and they are using Chivo Wallet. They have Chivo Wallet. Um, Chivo Wallet has three, modal, three, three modes, basically. It has the um, company mode, it has the point of sale mode, and it has the individual mode. So if you register a, as a company with a lot of uh, points of sale, with a lot of, um, you know, uh, localities or, or uh, venues, you can do the, the point of sale mode um, and enable your cashiers to log in into the application and take payments. Also, if you are, uh, you know, entrepreneur with just one business, you can use it on the business modality and have only one account. So I went to a McDonald's uh, that it's a, it's a privately operated uh, franchise um, and they had it on the point of sale mode on a tablet. They showed me a huge QR code on the tablet, which I scanned with my Chivo wallet and I was able to pay for a meal. I think it was like 675 or something like that. And uh, I've been collecting receipts Aside of having the um, aside of having the actual transaction on, on Chivo Wallet or having the actual transaction on Mon Wallet and taking a screenshots, I have a bunch of receipts that I've gotten from ATMs, McDonald's, um, uh, Starbucks, other places like a bakery that I like where I pay with Bitcoin. Uh, so yeah, and they tell you on the ticket which kind of POS system they are using and there's a big mix. Chivo Wallet, Evex Wallet, OpenNode, um, just to name so a Oscar, few So Oscar, when you are doing a transaction from one Chivo Wallet to another, in reality, Bitcoin isn't moving anywhere. Not on the blockchain, not on any lightning. Is that is that fair to say? If, if all the Bitcoin is held with some third-party custodian, then two Chivo users sending money, sending Bitcoin to each other, there isn't a need for Bitcoin to actually move other than in this, you know, virtually on, on the spreadsheets of the exchange or of the Chivo backend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a closed platform. And I did this experiment with a friend of mine that lives in Virginia, in the States. Uh, this week, I was here in San Salvador and she was in Virginia. And she installed Chivo Wallet 
and we wanted to do some testing, right? So I contacted her um, and she was kind enough to do some transactions with me. We transacted both US dollar balance and Bitcoin balance. And apparently the Bitcoin balance inside the Chivo wallet ecosystem from Chivo to Chivo moves on a lightning network. Um, and there is actually no a way for me to trace it. Um, if I go to that transaction on Chivo wallet, which I have open at the moment, I'm going to this uh, transaction that I did with my friend. Uh, it says from your Bitcoin account, you transfer $10.40, which is the value of Bitcoin now because I transferred $10 to her on the uh, 13. And my friend, it's another Chivo user. I see her name. I see the date and time. A transaction ID that is not a transaction ID that I can put on a Bitcoin blockchain explorer because this one is only seven digits and it's a it's a like an auto increment uh, numeric ID. It says that the transaction was approved. That's the status of the transaction and a transaction kind or transaction type is a transfer. The commission was zero and actually it allows you to put a note and the note is testing. And there's no way on this Bitcoin transaction that I did on Chivo Wallet to even click or tap on a Bitcoin address or transaction ID and go to the Explorer and see it. And the next transaction that I did with my friend, we uh, transacted USD balance and that one, it only changed an icon. It only changed an icon that tells me uh, this, is, um, this is a dollar transaction and you received one dollar from your friend and that that's it um and when and this one actually is really really interesting because it has a transaction id when i click it uh is open but it says that the transaction could not be found and i get a 404 error on blockchain so that's what we have at the moment. There, there is no way to tell. So when you say that you're sending US dollars on the Chivo app, um, I, again, you know, are these real US dollars? Is it, you know, where, where are these US dollars? Who is accounting for them? And how can you cash them out? How can you personally get physical US dollar bills from these US dollars? Yes, so there are there are several ways um, that I can recharge my Chivo wallet, right? Um, one of them is linking a local bank account. Another way is um, transferring Bitcoin from any other exchange or wallet or service like Binance, for example, or Mon Wallet. And I can also go to the Chivo ATMs that El Salvador currently has 199 uh, Chivo ATMs and you can go there you can uh, start a transaction with the ATM and um, deposit your cash basically you can feed the ATM your cash and that will translate into a deposit into your Chivo wallet that's how you put cash into Chivo wallet um, yeah it could be Binance I have, I have tried Binance I have tried Mon Wallet I have tried also putting money in via the ATM. Now, how do you get it out? You can get it out as cash 
from the Chivo ATMs. Um, there's a catch though, because you can only withdraw money in multiples of 10 and $10 is like a lot of money for the poorest Salvadorans. So if you only have $5.99 or if you have $8, you wouldn't be able to withdraw that money from uh, Chivo ATM. And you will have to spend it within the Chivo ecosystem, either as a Bitcoin transaction or a USD transaction. So you said that you can link your bank account to Chivo and then are you essentially doing like a, a wire where like a like an e-transfer where money is moving from Chivo to your bank account and then you see it in your bank account as a as a positive balance? Yes. So in America, you know that we have the ACH, which is a system where you can use to transfer money between banks uh, for free. In El Salvador, we have something called uh, UNI, U-N-I. And we have another option that is newer that is called Transfer 365. And those are the equivalents to the regular ACH transactions that we have in the United States and maybe other countries. And um, that's how you move money for free between a checking and savings accounts within the El Salvadoran banking system. It doesn't matter if I have bank A and you have bank B. I can make a uni or transfer 365 transaction and that's how you send it. I understand that Chivo uses transfer 365 that it's uh, from the government and that's how you link your uh, bank account, your checking or, or savings account into Chivo wallet and uh, that's how they interface. So yes, if I want to recharge my Chivo wallet, there's an option for me uh, in the settings, um, in my profile, to um, recharge my Chivo wallet and, and link this, um, this bank account. And also I can withdraw money adding my bank account into Chivo wallet and making that transaction. It has options for that. It's like when you, it's like, it's like Venmo, when you, you know, link your Bank of America checkings accounts or something. So how many people do you reckon in El Salvador have a bank account? Would you say it's a majority or is it less than 50%? Much less than 50%. Uh, ironically, it's one, of the, it's one of the issues that the Chivo wallet supposedly is going to help solve. It's gonna, one of the offerings from the president was that Chivo wallet will bring banking to the unbanked, which is 70% of the Salvadoran population. So yeah, 70% of people has no means of linking a bank account to Chivo Wallet. And you can tell me, okay, but they can go to a Chivo ATM, but there's only 199 Chivo ATMs across the national territory. So it's not that practical, you know, it's, you have to move to go to an ATM to recharge it, uh, or maybe one of the people in the United States is going to send you a remittance uh, to your Chivo wallet and it's going to recharge it. Um, but yeah, that's the situation. So, um, and just getting some context of the size of El Salvador versus the number of ATMs, I'm observing that, you know, there's about 6 million people that live in El Salvador. El Salvador has, I believe, is this correct, 14 distinct regions or is it 13? Uh, 14 and El Salvador is... Um, 
about the size of Israel. It's 21,000 square kilometers. That's the national territory. Excellent. And I also have it here that the world average number of ATMs um, per 100,000 people is about 52 ATMs uh, right now. And it was rapidly increasing um, even as back as early as 2010, there was about 30. In the case of Bitcoin ATMs specifically in El Salvador, uh, this would put it at about three ATMs for 100,000 people. So th th this would say that it's roughly, and I'm just kind of giving a rough estimate here, it's about 15 times less common than the world average for ATMs per person. Um, so do, do, do you think it, it, it's, a, it's a problem that people might not be able to actually get to these ATMs, that they might be out of their... Uh, out of their reach? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there are not enough uh, Chivo Bitcoin ATMs for everyone. And one of the issues that people is having is that even if they reach the ATM, sometimes it's out of cash because if there's only three ATMs for 100,000 people, and let's say that in the worst case scenario, just 1% of that people has Chivo Wallet installed and they go to the ATM, that's going to be, you know, a thousand people extracting money, withdrawing money from an ATM. It's going to be depleted really fast. So maybe the next customer that reaches the ATM with a real need of getting money for something is not going to be able to get money, even if they reach the ATM. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's really funny to see a statistics, uh, you know, like on the Internet, because it said something like El Salvador ranks third in global Bitcoin ATM installations. And that seems like a big thing. It, seem, it seems like uh, there's a lot of ATMs and you cannot walk a block um, <laughs> without bumping into an ATM, but it's not the case, right? And for the people in the poorest areas of the country, in the rural areas, it's going to be even more difficult to, to reach these ATMs. In San Salvador, it's really easy because there's a bunch of uh, medium, small, and large shopping malls and bus transportation is easy in San Salvador. Like you can jump into a couple of public transportation buses and go to one of these um, uh, shopping malls with an ATM. There's a few ATMs in some public parks or plazas. Um, in San Salvador, it, it kind of works, I guess. But it, in other places, and the rest of the 14 uh, departments, as we, as, we call, as we call them, it's going to be more difficult for people outside of the uh, main city of that department to to reach this service. Um, and we are not even talking about cellular service that is quite spotty outside of San Salvador and outside of the urban areas of each department. So I, I think it's going to be a real issue. So, and, and again, just for context, I'm looking at coinatmradar.com, which allegedly has a pretty reliable data, and it looks like about 75 or so, even a few more ATMs are in uh, San Salvador alone. That's one of the 14 districts, which means that the remaining districts have fewer than 10 ATMs on average for the entire district. Um, and here we, we're talking about uh, often more than one city. Uh, per district. Yes, and I love to talk about hard data because this is undeniable, right? Anyone can go and it's public information. You can go to CoinATM Radar and, and validate it. Um, 
Yes, San Salvador has 2.1 million inhabitants, I think. Uh, and the number you told me, it's the number of Shibo ATMs that San Salvador will have for these 2 million right. people. Now, um, going back to the ATMs, how has your experience been at these ATMs? Um, do you find that they're reliable? They work. Uh, the lineups. Uh, the you know, what wh what is it like to really go and with your Chiva wallet and get uh, you know twenty dollars? Yes, sure. Uh, look, last month uh, because of the novelty, uh, a lot of people, we Salvadorans are very curious, you know, by, by nature. This is something that we have uh, built into. Uh, all of us. Um, so uh, at the beginning, there was a lot of people that downloaded Chivo Wallet and they wanted to, you know, try it and 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 use the ATMs. And mostly because they wanted to withdraw the $30 bonus. So a lot of people sent the Bitcoin to a family member or a friend and they uh, exchanged the $30 balance in Bitcoin between them and then they lined up in some of the Chivo ATMs. Um, for a couple of weeks, the Chivo ATMs had a line. I actually went to a couple. Um, there is a shopping mall in San Benito, in San Salvador. I went to that one. I went to another shopping mall that is called Las Cascadas, that is in uh, Santa Tecla, like a nearby city. And there were lines of eight people, 10 people lining up outside of the ATMs. Um, the local news media, they um, snap pictures in some parks, public plazas that have a Chivo ATM where there are a lot of people was lining up, maybe dozens of people lining up. When I went to the ATM, I um, didn't have to wait that long. The lines were already thinner and I only waited for like two people to go bef before me. The first time that I used a Chivo branded ATM um, and it was pretty easy. I you know, you tap start, it asks you for your phone number. It supports it supports phone numbers from a lot of countries. So this is something that we have to talk about later because it's not going to work only with Salvadorans that register with their local uh, cellular number plus their national ID. It also works the Chivo ATM. I can go with my United States phone number and my mom wallet and withdraw money, money that I probably put in my mom wallet using Coinbase in the U.S. on the United States, um, money that was not in El Salvadoran financial system, but money that now I am cashing out from El Salvadoran financial system. That's going to lead us to a, a liquidity problem in the future for sure. But uh, just to finish with the Chivo wallet experience, one thing that I want to mention is that the first week, the Chivo ATMs had the Athena Bitcoin support email. So I want to clarify that the Chivo ATMs, they are nothing other than the Athena Bitcoin orange ATMs that they usually have with a Chivo wallet branding. That's basically what it is. And they have customized the operating system from the Athena Bitcoin to have the Chivo Wallet branding. They have enabled and disabled some of the options that the Athena Bitcoin usually gives you. Um, on some Athena Bitcoin ATMs, the original ones, you can transact uh, with Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and Bitcoin. On the Chivo Wallet ATMs, 
you can only transact with either USD or um, Bitcoin. But yeah, like uh, they they look exactly the same. The operating system is similar, but the background colors and the the text and the logos have been customized uh, to fit Chivo Wallet's branding. That that's very interesting. So Athena is a a private company. It specializes in ATMs. I'm guessing they're not just from El Salvador. They're doing ATMs around the world. Um, but yes. what Chivo did was they took that ATM. They slapped on the Chivo branding, and then they kind of specifically reduced the feature set to Bitcoin and US dollars. I'm curious as well, does it work with a non-Chivo wallet? If you show up with a non-Chivo wallet, um, do, can you go to the ATM? And you're showing me right now on the, um, on the screen here. Again, this is just an audio podcast, but on the screen, I'm seeing these two receipts from Athena and Chivo, and they do look very similar. Uh, a lot of the wording is the same. A lot of the the dialogue there, so it does seem like uh, these are uh, you know the the, the same companies. Uh, is that clear that that Chivo ATMs are Athena ATMs, or is that again kind of a secretive thing that you have to deduce by comparison? That is something that you know if you have used an Athena ATM before. And at Bitcoin Beach in El Zonte and also um, El Tunco, which was let's say ground zero for the Bitcoin experiment in El Salvador, there were two Athena ATMs. And I came to uh, El Salvador in July and I went to a couple of them. So yeah, the, the receipt that the uh, Athena Bitcoin ATM gave me on July 17, it's exactly the same receipt that I got from Achivo ATM on October 15, with the differences that... Um, the support email has been changed. The website address has been changed from athenabitcoin.com to uh, cajeroschivo.com. The email changed from support at athenabitcoin.com to supportecajeros at chivowallet.com. Um, everything else is exactly the same. Uh, phone, phone support has been removed because the Athena Bitcoin ATM had a phone number for that. The Chivo Bitcoin ATM doesn't have it. Um, the kiosk is operated by Athena Bitcoin on the Athena Bitcoin receipt. The kiosk operated by Chivo on the Chivo receipt. Uh, but one of the things that, you know, calls to my attention the most, Abib, is that the Bitcoin address that I used to get on the Athena uh, Bitcoin ATM that will have allowed me to, to trace this transaction on the blockchain explorer, it's gone. Like if I see the Chivo receipt, there is no address anymore. There is just like, a, like an auto increment transaction ID that it's like 10 digits, but the, um, the Bitcoin address has been removed. And, that, and that's very fascinating. I, I, I wanted just to follow up, Oscar. Can you send Bitcoin from other wallets to the Chivo ATM? Yes. I actually did the experiment and I used Mon Wallet from a balance that never came from El Salvador financial system. And I withdrew. I was able to withdraw around in three, in three attempts, in three different transactions. I withdrew around $1,000 from the Chivo ATM. And um, in a couple of those um, tries, I used my 
US phone number to get the verification code. And on another try, I use my Salvadoran um, mobile number to get the verification code because I wanted to try if anyone can come to El Salvador with a wallet, a third party wallet that is loaded with money from everywhere else in the world and ask a Salvadoran friend, hey, please, um, uh, I'm going to use your phone number so you get this confirmation code. When you get it, please give it to me because I want to withdraw some money. And that's one of the scenarios that I tested and it worked. And also I tested a different scenario, which is I come from the US with my third party Mon wallet uh, outside of the Chivo ecosystem. And I do the same experiment with a US phone number and I am able to withdraw money from the Chivo wallet ATM. And those scenarios work for me. So I can withdraw money I can come from, I don't know, Colombia or Mexico or uh, the Netherlands and I can empty, uh, like in theory, I can empty a Chivo ATM in, in a week, uh, you know, withdrawing a lot of money. And, and, and I want to leave that ATM empty for the Salvadorans. I see that's a real problem. That's very interesting that you mentioned that. I, I want to ask as well, were you able to send lightning payments? from your moon wallet to cash out or was it just on-chain payments i was able to make a transaction using lining from moon wallet i actually sent um i sent five dollars to a chivo atm and that was the very first uh recharge that i put on my chivo wallet on september 9th i from moon wallet i sent five dollars to a chivo atm um, in a shopping mall, the Chivo ATM received it and they went to my, to my Chivo wallet. That's interesting. Why would you use a Chivo ATM to transfer money to your wallet? Wouldn't an ATM just be used for getting cash? Uh, yeah, but, but I wanted to try this too, um, with the ATM in the middle, but it's also possible to send money directly from Mon wallet to, to Chivo wallet using lightning. That's also possible. One fascinating thing is that you have this feature uh, that El Salvadorians can take their Bitcoin value and switch it to U.S. Dollar, dollars. Um, they they're using the the Bitcoin exchange rate at the time. Do do you in your view is this exchange rate accurate? Is it fair? Is there any discrepancy there with with the exchange rate of the Bitcoin to U.S. dollars? Um, the discrepancy is not a big discrepancy just to give you an example at the moment i have binance open and it says that the usd value of bitcoin is 59k 690 and if i open chivo wallet and if i go to the convert screen it tells me that the rate at the moment is 59691 so it it's on par with which is on Binance at the moment. Excellent. Now, when you switch from Bitcoin to US dollars, you're given that rate. Are you charged any money for doing the switch? No. And actually, at the moment, I am making a couple of transactions. I am converting uh, $10 into Bitcoin. Um, I just did that. And I'm going to convert the um, Bitcoin into USD and it did it. 
and now I'm gonna go to my to my transactions and I'm actually I'm gonna share my screen with you uh, so you can see it okay so what you're seeing at the moment is Chivo wallet installed on my iPhone 11 and I just did this transaction where I uh, converted 10 USD into Bitcoin and um, it says commission which is the translation for fee is zero and I did the opposite and I converted Bitcoin into USD and it's also a zero fee commission and this is this is actually happening inside the Chivo ecosystem inside the Chivo you know database or <laughs> spreadsheet or whatever they have um, you know recording these transactions but uh, but yeah like as you can see I've been using Chivo wallet since September 18 um, when I initially installed and there are many many transactions here do you know how many transactions you've used on your Chivo wallet can you give us an estimate I mean I don't have the exact count but um, it looks like at least 30 transactions yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. I, I've done all of the possible combinations, you know, with the ATMs, uh, getting money from friends, um, recharging my balance from Mon Wallet, uh, from an ATM, withdrawing money, uh, trying to send money to a friend on chain. Um, because I wanted to be able to criticize this application, we know, with some, you know, proper knowledge. And this one, for example, is one of the transactions that is still pending. As you can see, I tried to send $19.99 um, from my Chivo wallet over the Bitcoin, you know, level one blockchain. But this was the transaction that was canceled by Chivo um, on October 14. And one day later, they they called me to tell me that <laughs> it was canceled and the balance should be on my account. So yeah, like strange things are happening and, and there's no response. Even uh, for the errors that people is having, experiencing, trying to use their national ID to register, they um, are telling people that it's because the system is under maintenance. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, like the reason is that somebody else used your national ID to register. Um, and that's another thing that is really, really bad on this, on this uh, wallet is that your national ID is everywhere. Like um, when I receive money from my friend in Virginia, um, I saw her national ID on that transaction. And when I try to send money to someone, the system gives me the option to search them by national ID, by phone number, another national ID, passport, or a Bitcoin address. But yeah, like if you compare this to Venmo, on Venmo you can send money to your friends using their phone number or an email address. But you will never ever see their driver's license or social security number or a state ID among the options to search for a friend um, or even worse, like like someone that you don't know, but you will get you will get their national ID. Um, 
So yeah, that's one of the most alarming things that because I've been in the living in the United States for the last decade plus two years, it shocks me when I see national IDs um, misused this way. And this is one of the withdrawals that I did. Um, I actually withdrew $332 with 54 cents, or that was the equivalent in Bitcoin uh, at the moment. Uh, in practice, they were 300 bucks. I did this on October 7th from a Chivo ATM. So basically, um, that's that's what so, it is. I mean, you know, th this is very fascinating. I wanted to jump back to the first few days of the Chivo wallet and the 30 US dollar uh, bonus. For for those who aren't, aren't aware, uh, El Salvador has been on the US dollar as its official currency since 2001. Correct me, Oscar, if I'm mistaken. So every citizen was given $30. It was in Bitcoin when they when they logged into the Chivo app and they went through the process that you described earlier. When they were heading to those Bitcoin ATMs, do you have intuition as to whether they were depositing money to add a Bitcoin balance uh, or withdrawing US dollars from those ATMs? Yes. So again, the, the first weeks, what happened is that people got the the gift, which is this um, transaction that I am tapping on my iPhone, as you can see, I got it on September 18. So what we know that most people did is to transfer this $30 to a friend or family member, and then they headed to the ATMs to withdraw this money. Now, c can you explain why they had to transfer to a friend and not just go directly to the ATM? Yes, because this is a promotional balance that you got to promote the use of a Chivo wallet. And you were supposed to use this $30 balance at any of the small businesses, coffee shops, restaurants that were set up on week one um, and get, you know, get your stuff. And this is actually really funny because a lot of small businesses, they set up promotions and they had something like... Uh, on social media, they had a lot of uh, advertisements saying something like, uh, come to a restaurant and spend your 30 Bitcoin here with us. And we're going to give you uh, this family combo, you know, for four people, you know, for $30. Or there were some bars that had the promo of a bottle of wine and tapas uh, for your $30 balance in Bitcoin. Turns out that when people went to those places on the first week of the Chivo Wallet, they couldn't use it because it wasn't working. They had like a lot of technical issues. Money was being lost. Um, and some of the small business owners, they complained on social media that they had been using Chivo Wallet to accept uh, payments, but they spent around 10 days with $300 uh, worth of money stuck into the system. And uh, the small business owner, he kept complaining on social media. He kept calling to the Chivo Wallet technical support team. And I think that after 10 days, he was able to send that, that $300 balance to his bank account and he was able to withdraw, withdraw the money. But I mean, you have to think that small businesses, they have really small margins and they barely make the money to... Uh, survive and buy the groceries for the next day and and so forth so on so yeah like if you have a a, 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 a 
financial application that is so critical, it has to be ready uh, to do all, all, all those kind of, of things. Uh, but yeah, like some people use the original balance to go to those kind of businesses and um, let, you know, take advantage of these promotions. Uh, the ones that were successful, you know, they used it for that. Um, some other people went to the ATMs and withdrew the money. But you couldn't use the, the bonus, the gift bonus. You couldn't use it outside of the Chivo wallet ecosystem. Um, but yeah, let me correct myself there. Because if the, if the business had a third-party application like OpenNode or um, EVEX wallet, you could use it, right? So it's not that it wouldn't work transferring money to non-Chivo wallet clients it also worked with third-party uh, wallets and actually uh, we had a twitter space with the creator of mon wallet uh, some time ago and uh, i told him that mon wallet actually saved bitcoin day in el salvador because a lot of people we had to recur to mon wallet to do all of the transactions um, on day one and if you see me, my transactions of my Mon wallet on the other device that I'm sharing with you, you'll see that I did some transactions actually on September 7th when the Bitcoin day um, was launched in El Salvador. I um, made a transaction with Chivo on September 19, uh, etc., etc. So, uh, and that one was actually where I, I put some money on my on my Chivo wallet on September 19. So, so going back, uh, it, it's your intuition that a lot of people wanted to spend all of their balance. Essentially, the government gave them a free $30 of, of this Bitcoin and a bunch of restaurants were saying, you know, come quickly, spend it here. Come, you know, you know the ATMs were offering you cash to, to be able to cash out. Is that your intuition that most people were getting rid of the balance or do you think that most people were buying into bitcoin and maybe taking their us dollars and putting it into the atms yeah most people did that aviv they basically just cashed out uh they either used the promotional balance or they cashed out uh, there was a lot of um, lack of trust on the system at the moment so a very very little amount of people probably uh deposited money into the Chivo system. Um, you know, I believe that Bitcoin may be a the best use that it has, I guess, or the use that I give it is to be a highly speculative uh, asset. If you want to speculate and, and, and have some money that you don't need uh, as Bitcoin, uh, hoping for the, the value to go up, uh, I mean, you can do that, but in El Salvador, you have to understand that people live day to day. Uh, the poorest Salvadorans, which is the, between the 30 and the 40%, they live with between $1 and $3 a day. And the minimum wage in El Salvador is $360 a month. So, I mean, this system will allow just very few people to speculate and if they are lucky and they buy low and they sell high, they will make some money using the, the Bitcoin side of Chivo Wallet. But most people will probably 
just stick with their cash unless they are forced to use the system, getting paid their salaries into the Chivo system uh, or something like that. I, I guarantee you, like, like the economy in El Salvador moves with cash. There's no, um, there's no way that this is going to be the most widely used option to move money among the populace of El Salvador and, and you know, from the poorest one to the richest one. I don't think this is going to be uh, a big hit. Of course, people with money, people that is more affluent will be able to invest some, you know, USDs, convert them into Bitcoin, wait for the um, value to go up and maybe make some money. But it's not for everyone. It's not something that all of the Salvadorans can do. And I, I can tell you because um, I am the eldest child of three raised by a single mother in here in San Salvador. And when I was a kid, you know, I rode the buses and sometimes I didn't have money for lunch. And I was supposed to be a, you know, uh, between poor and, you know, low middle class, uh, you know, bracket of the population. Let's say my mom had a job, you know, nine to five on an office and, uh, you know, but, but yeah, sometimes we face with the fact that we didn't have something in the refrigerator to eat, or maybe we will eat uh, rice and beans for a week. Uh, or, uh, you know, spaghetti for a week or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, like you have to be really a Salvadoran and have lived here to understand why all of this, you know, comfort and technology uh, that we are used in the Eastern world, uh, you know, in the United States, in Germany, in Canada. Um, this kind of financial applications... Uh, are not not going to work for anyone um and i want to go a little bit further on this because there's a big digital divide in el salvador that that has to be addressed um, for example i went to the grocery store the other day and the guy in front of me in the register he was buying one dollar of balance for his cell phone and that only translates into a few minutes of uh, air, if you want to call someone, into a few text messages and into 100 megabytes or maybe 500 megabytes of data that they give you when they re you recharge $1. People might face the situation where they have the Chivo wallet installed. They might have money there but they cannot access it because they don't have a balance on their cellular service to use it. Because this application, it needs the internet. It needs the internet, uh, a live internet connection to give you the current price of Bitcoin and make conversions. And at, at the moment, like one month and two weeks into the, uh, you know, Bitcoin law uh, implementation in El Salvador and one month and two weeks or six weeks into Chivo Wallet's uh, function in El Salvador, I haven't seen the part where this works if you don't have any balance. So it's still consuming the data of the data plans. I asked a friend to, you know, uh, disable, uh, or uh, actually to wait for, for uh, his um, phone plan to be out of balance, and he couldn't use it. 
the application gave him an error saying you don't have an internet connection. So yeah, like if you go to the poorest places in the rural areas and there's a lady on a, you know, a street market trying to sell a bag of bananas or a bag of tomatoes or a pound of meat or a pan of rice or a pan of beans to someone and they want to use Chivo Wallet and one of them doesn't have a cellular service balance, they won't be able to use this, right? I mean, that's very interesting. And and just kind of going back to the reality of, of the people of, in El Salvador and the speculative nature of Bitcoin, on the day of the launch of the Bitcoin law and the official uh, commencement of Chivo Wallet, the price of Bitcoin dumped, you know, 13% in one day. 17%, actually. It was like a, like a flash crash to 17% uh, loss of value. But then it rebounded to like 13% or something like that. So yeah. excellent that you bring that up. So, j j you know, just taking as a, you know, as an example, the 13%, which is kind of the, what most people experienced, you know, when the, the price rebounded on, on a $30 gift from the government, which is essentially not necessarily a gift because it's tax dollars that are from the people back to the people. Yes. That's actually a big point. But uh, what essentially that means is that people got $30 and then almost immediately, if they didn't cash out that morning, what they would expect is a loss of about four or maybe even five US dollars balance. And what, what you're describing here is that that is a not insignificant amount of loss for people. And again, it's important that um, we understand as well that had the person not registered the Chivo app, uh, you know, and they registered the next day, would they still get a $30 balance uh, with a different price? I'm guessing they would always get the $30 of a different price, correct? Yes. Yeah, so actually I have a, I been recording all of this and I have a screenshot of when I got exactly the moment when I got my, um, my Chivo wallet bonus. Uh-huh. This is the screenshot. This is the screenshot of my wallet. That very moment, I registered after five attempts. <laughs> I was able to register on the night of September 18th, and um, around 8 p.m. Uh, CST. And then, um, no, I registered at around 9 p.m. And one hour later, I got a notification saying that I have gotten my bonus. And that's what you see in there, those 29.99 USD. Um, that was my bonus that I got one hour later after registering successfully on Chivo Wallet. And as you can see, it was 29.99. And this um, is at the time, right? At the time, yes. What happens when uh, Bitcoin's um, value changes is that and I'm going to show you my phone at the moment, the live, you know, screenshot of my phone. The first transaction from September 18. It sees that you can see there that it says that is 37. Uh, it's scroll up. Sorry. It's 37.49. So basically that transaction fluctuates according to uh, the current the price. Bitcoin balance. And you are correct. Like when the when the Bitcoin value tanks, this turns into twenty six dollars or uh, twenty five dollars. I think I have a screenshot 
from when the value of Bitcoin uh, failed and I only had $26 after that. What do you think the people in the first few days when the price of Bitcoin was tanking, what do you think the people in El Salvador were, were feeling when they had just for the first time onboarded onto this application? They're told that Bitcoin is going to help them and then they check their balance and they lost $1 or $2 or $3 or even $5. What, what are people thinking? Well, I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to use my imagination for that because a lot of people was really um, vocal on social media, especially on Twitter, complaining about it. Some people said that this was a scam, you know, that my money is getting smaller. But I want to give you also the other um, side of the coin which is what happens when the value of Bitcoin goes up. Right. It's really interesting because what happens is that the president tweets, take a look at your Chivo wallet. When, when um, Bitcoin uh, went up to 60K, uh, he tweeted something like that. Or when Bitcoin went to 55K. And I don't know if it's like fake accounts that like kind of celebrate his tweets. But somebody was saying, this is the first time that a government gives an application to their citizens that makes you money. And that is a, that is a misconception that the government is not clarifying. Like basically, uh, for the government, it's convenient to think that this application is making money out of thin air and giving it to the people on their behalf, right? Right. So when when uh, Bitcoin value goes down, people complains, you know, with a lot of reason because five dollars is like the food for one day, for two, or the food for, you know, somebody's lunch or something, uh, or maybe five bus fares or uh, the gallon of gas that you need to fuel your car that day and go to work. So $5 is a lot of money for, you know, even for my, my family members, right? So um, people won't be happy when it goes down and they will complain, right? And they just say nothing. They just ignore it. And actually some, some of the government officials, they, they mock people and they say that they shouldn't complain when the, when the value of Bitcoin goes down because it's going to go up. It's kind of the same vibe that you get from you know, the Bitcoin trolls that you you and I know from social media that tell you, okay, so enjoy staying poor, you know, if you complain when the when the Bitcoin value goes down. And I gotta tell you, Aviv, the amount of people from outside of El Salvador that is tweeting insulting things to Salvadorans that complain with, when Bitcoin goes down, it's staggering. And it's really sad because they don't know the realities of this country. They don't know the realities of people's daily life and struggle. And yeah, I mean, it's really sad for me. And uh, on the other hand, as I mentioned, when the value of Bitcoins goes up, the government celebrates and they tell people, hey, go and see your Chivo wallet. Now you have five more, five more dollars aside of the... 30 we gave you. This experience, you know, it feels like 
a roller coaster ride, which is what Bitcoin feels like often if you're a Bitcoin investor. Exactly. But it's a roller coaster ride where the president has essentially put some two or three million people onto this roller coaster with him uh, with without their consent, whether or not they want to be a part yes. of it. They're on the roller coaster with him. Yes. And this is actually something really important, I think, to me and for all of El Salvadorans, you know, um, I am completely up for using your money for whatever you want. Uh, I am not against Bitcoin. I want to clarify that. I've been, you know, in the Bitcoin space, um, in the crypto space, actually, since 2014. And when it was like a big, you know, uh, news. And then we had in New York City in 2017, we had like a big, big uh, hype about Bitcoin around 2017. And I went to hackathons and I actually... Uh, went to a couple of hackathons to put stuff on the blockchain and you know i'm a software engineer so i get interested into these technology te technological advancements and experiments and i get interested into reading everything about bitcoin i have read the satoshi original white paper and i read the white papers of cardano and ethereum and i actually have purchased those kind of coins mostly bitcoin actually mostly bitcoin um but but yeah, it's, you know, it's a roller coaster ride and you as an investor of any kind of asset, you know, a stock on the stock exchange um, for a private or public company, you know the risk and you are using your money to invest in what you want. In El Salvador, this has been basically an imposition where you have part of El Salvadoran economy forced into this roller coaster ride where you don't have the certainty that the value of Bitcoin is going to always go up or go down. Um, and I mean, Bitcoin is not a good legal tender uh, currency. Um, I am I am all up for investing into it as a highly speculative asset if you want to invest your money. But making people do this basically with a mandate, with a law, was not necessary. Uh, long time before the law, um, you know, kicked in, people was already using Bitcoin. I had already uh, been using Bitcoin for a while and my friends in El Salvador also. Actually, I told them years ago, hey, you know, there's this thing called Bitcoin and some of them purchased it. And some other people that I didn't knew that I haven't known was also using it. And, you know, they were able to use it later with this experiment on Bitcoin Beach and other places right or just send it to their friends or just speculate and and make some money when bitcoin was coming up um but yeah like uh, it's their freedom is is there it's up to them you know to 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 use their money how they like now you have part of the national balance sheet uh part of the national treasury invested into bitcoin like the government purchased as far as i know 700 bitcoin and they allocated originally 60 million dollars to buy bitcoin i don't know if they have bought um anymore but initially uh the bitso exchange actually tweeted at the president thanking him for the first 100 bitcoin he purchased uh because there was a lot of um adverse reactions from the public to those tweets they don't tweet it anymore and, that, and I think that's the reason we don't know how much Bitcoin El Salvador holds because 
when that information was public, people was, you know, complaining and any kind of negative comments on social media, the government doesn't like that and they tend to suppress it. And they tend to suppress the information or the news that will cause that negative comments. Well, let's talk about the news and the negative comments. So, um, uh, Bukele has been on Twitter. He is clearly, um, you know, in the words of uh, Nelson Rauda, who was the previous guest, uh, he is a publicist. That is his expertise. Yes. He's very good at, 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 at uh, essentially making a brand for himself, his name, and at getting a lot yes. of people riled up uh, behind him. He has been tweeting a lot about uh, Bitcoin and, and, and what he's doing. Uh, on October 6th, as an example, and I'm again, I'm using the translation on Google. This was in Spanish, but it says here, do you notice the silence of the opposition? Naib writes here. Do you notice the silence of the opposition? But there there they were jumping for joy and running out of, of fingers if the Bitcoin would have gone down. It is clear and without any possible doubt that they want the bad for our country and our people. They are no longer even interested in hiding it. Of course, the translation is not perfect, um, but I think the spirit of what he's saying there is clear. Um, what was even more fascinating is that on October 9th, just three days later, as the price of Bitcoin was recovering, um, he wrote uh, something very curious. It, it got uh, almost 24,000 likes uh, at the moment. He says, I have a surprise for you. Uh, and then he writes, what nerves? Well, here we go. The, tr the FIDE Bitcoin, the trust for the adoption of Bitcoin, has an amount established by law in dollars. However, on your balance sheet, you have dollars and Bitcoin. Chivo, the state company that operates FIDE Bitcoin, must settle this amount in dollars to at Bandazal. But there has been an accounting problem, and with the same amount of US dollars and Bitcoin in the trust, now the trust is worth more since the Bitcoin rose in value. So now Fide Bitcoin has a surplus of $4 million. And it continues to say that he is going to essentially use this $4 million to buy a hospital for animals, a veterinary hospital. Now, this is on the surface, you know, a great news, a positive news. It looks like El Salvador has uh, made $4 million, as you would say, out of thin air, so to speak. Um, what do you mm -hmm. think about that when, when, the, when the president... Um, and, and I sh should say one last thing. Uh, a week ago... He was the coolest dictator in the world, according to him on Twitter. He has since <laughs> changed that. He is now, yes. his Twitter profile says, no longer a dictator than a yawning emoji. And it says, now based admin and goat. And goat, of course, stands for greatest of all time. So he now says he's no longer uh, a dictator. Um, but what does it make you think when, uh, <laughs> when he writes uh, about the veterinary uh, hospital that he plans to purchase? Yes. Okay. So um, basically, to make long story short, they said that because the value of Bitcoin went up, now they have gained an excess of $4 million. And um, in social media in El Salvador, the, um, uh, the organizations that help animals, you know, like uh, fostering efforts or rescue efforts are very popular. Like most Salvadorans, we like dogs and cats and we like pets and animals. So this is a topic that is going to help him regain his popularity because he has been having some issues, right? With all of the stuff that is happening, not only about the Bitcoin law and that people doesn't, is not happy with that, 
a lot of other you know um efforts to undermine democracy and you know institutions and check and balances um have been made by the government which is making people really really upset you know we had a march on september 15 not only against the bitcoin law but also against all of these other things and there was another march today actually this morning uh th thousands of people you're gonna see it on the news for sure but um and today october the 17th right yes uh, today in the morning and actually i was there <laughs> i went to demonstrate with my fellow salvadorans but um what I'm trying to tell you is that we are mostly in favor of democracy and in favor of check and balances. That's all that we, what people is asking, but the government is doing the opposite. So they need popular, you know, things to gain or regain uh, the people's favor. And one of the closest things to our heart is animal care. So they came up with this uh, Chivo Pets Hospital that allegedly is going to be built with the excess of $4 million that the government has gained from Bitcoin going from 52K to 61K um, or the value that Bitcoin had when the president made that announcement. Because the trust fund and because the Chivo wallet um ecosystem it's handled as a black box and nobody has any means of accountability to audit them uh we don't have the certainty where that money came from it might have as well come from um bitcoin gains they realized some gains maybe they sold some bitcoin and they now have four million um but all of that that he mentions the, the the Bitcoin trust fund, Bandesal, which is a, like a like a state bank um, handling of the Bitcoin balances or USD balances, and how they interface with the private company called Chivo Wallet or Chivo LLC, it's a black box. Like nobody knows what's happening there. I I, I wanted to interject here, Oscar, because it, the, the the strange thing here is that you know. Uh, he is essentially claiming that he has Bitcoin on behalf of El Salvadorians, but that isn't allocated to any of the people. So people have Bitcoin balances, they have U.S. dollar balances, and allegedly he held Bitcoin to cover U.S. dollar balances, which is why he has a surplus, right? Um, otherwise, he would not have any surplus if he only held Bitcoin that belonged to the people then he could not sell this. This would be Bitcoin that belongs to the people. Um, now, of course, the opposite is something that he isn't mentioning, which is that if Bitcoin had tanked, he would have had a deficit of $4 million. So uh, this to me seems very strange um, because it, it's unclear. I mean, is it to say that if the price of Bitcoin tomorrow goes down, then the entire government is is out, you know, millions of dollars? Again, Four million U.S. dollars might not sound like a lot, but that is almost one dollar for every citizen, man, woman, child, and baby, right, in the country being lost or gained in, you know, a few days. It, it could be lost in one second, Aviv, and that's something that you and I may be uh, used to because we have been in this space for a while, 
but it's something that for the economy of a poor country, it's unacceptable. Um, but yes, you are correct. If the value of Bitcoin goes under 50K, that's really bad for El Salvador. And we, as a country, lose money. Uh, and there's no way to get it back unless the value of Bitcoin goes up. Um, I got to tell you something. Um, the president, I think he's making a big mistake because now he is not even speaking to Salvadorans anymore. His bio is in English. The, his bio has been in English for a while, ever since he um, mentioned the, the Bitcoin law in Miami during the Bitcoin Miami event. Um, he's not speaking to Salvadorans anymore. We Salvadorans, not 100% of us understands English. Of course, there's some translators for Twitter bios, but only like 30% of people in El Salvador has internet uh, to see Twitter. So how can you have a president that is so disconnected from the realities that is tweeting to the broad international Bitcoin community, maybe because he likes, you know, when they praise him, you know, because for the people that is into cryptocurrency, just because numbers go up, you know, and to make money, they don't really care what happens to El Salvador. They don't really care what happens to Nigeria, for example, which is another country where Bitcoin is becoming more popular. Um, I think the law could have been just a law, like a more wider, wider law to give protections to the people that wanted to get into the crypto space. And if you wanted to be a crypto entrepreneur and have a mining operation or having uh, Bitcoin as an investment and uh, interface with exchanges and stuff, the law could have been something like that. You know, Ukraine, they just made a law that it's in, in, along those lines where people will be protected if they have investments uh, in cryptocurrency and they will have regulated exchanges and stuff like that. Kind of kind of what's happening in America, right? Um, but yeah, like unfortunately in El Salvador, everything has been made uh, uh, not in the best um, way. Um, there was no consensus. Bukele's campaign Offerings back in 2019 when he was elected mentioned no Bitcoin whatsoever. So he might be popular, but nobody voted for him because he offered people Bitcoin. Like nobody expected to get this. For the majority of Salvadorans, this was a surprise uh, that was firstly announced in English on that event in Miami. Um, and five days later, you know, um, <laughs> the law is approved. It was uh, made at closed doors with a lot of foreigners intervening. And this is not something that I'm, I am making up. You can go and, and read the uh, declarations from Jack Mallers and uh, Michael Peterson. They have talked to uh, Peter McCormack. They have told him all of the story behind Bitcoin Beach. And there's a podcast where, where Jack Mallers uh, is telling Peter McCormack that he got invited to the presidential house, like in a secretive way. And he was there when they were making the law 
and he told uh, one of the Bukele brothers that this has to be a mandate to make Bitcoin um, legal tender. So this is not something that I'm making up. This is something that you can actually can go and see on the internet on all of these uh, independent outlets that have come to El Salvador since Bitcoin Day to document all of this. Um, but yeah, it's really, really shocking to me that you have a president of a country in Latin America that is tweeting in English, his bio is in English, and he's basically just trying to please the Bitcoin, uh, the broader Bitcoin community. Um, and even worse than that, addressing the maxis, which you know, you and I know that there's only number God for them and Bitcoin solves everything for them, but they ignore all of the realities, the harsh realities of El Salvadoran people. Well, you know, we, we've covered so many things. And to be totally honest, as someone who is technical, who understands Bitcoin and you are the same way, I know we could go into, into an incredible detail about this app. Uh, for now, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. leave this conversation as it is, because I think the bigger picture, uh, the bigger problems are 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 really clear. Um, and just just to just to kind of recap for the listener, you have a closed source app created by an Argentinian and a Venezuelan company that was not bid. There was no public bidding of different companies. We're not sure why those companies were given that right. The app was closed source and depends on Bitso and Binance. Now, I think if you if you do any research on Bitso and Binance, especially Binance, you will know that this is not a particularly safe and trusted third party. These are these are third parties that are not abiding by regulations that are illegal in almost every country country in the world. I mean, in the case of Binance, more than 20 countries have made Binance uh, operations illegal in their country, including the United States and India and, and England and the UK. And uh, on top of that, you have issues where, um, you know, you don't know where the US dollars are. You don't know where the Bitcoin is. The president is essentially gambling with taxpayer money. Again, this is not free money that the president is giving from his own wealth. It is money coming from public treasuries. Yes. And then claiming when the price goes up, that he is just going to purchase an animal hospital without letting people know, or at least making it clear that if the price goes down, uh, what does that mean? Are hospitals, is the healthcare system going to collapse? Is the education system going to collapse? And further, you have a president who is a publicist who is facing towards Americans, in particular Bitcoins and Bitcoin maximalists, and getting their praise and also getting their opinions not the opinions of El Salvadorians, not the opinions of economists, but of the opinions of young American Bitcoin bros, uh, if I can put that politely. This is uh, not a movement of, of freedom, let alone the privacy concern that you mentioned, the fact that, uh, you know, firstly, you have to use your government ID. But if someone else uses the government ID, they now get your $30. And this is obviously a concern that, you know, it's unclear how that would, would be uh, um, restored. So th this is this is a concerning thing to hear, and I think that um, uh, more people, specifically in the Bitcoin community, need to come out and say, uh, you know, Bitcoin may be helpful, and there are people like Oscar who knew about and were using Bitcoin beforehand, but this isn't the way that you know Bitcoin should be done, and Naib, sh you know, Bukele should not be getting the kind of praise, attention, and uh, and applause 
that is overwhelming in the West, a, a group that is incredibly misinformed and, and disconnected from the actual on-the-ground problems of El Salvador. And I include myself into this. I knew almost nothing about El Salvador. And a cursory Google, Google searches made it clear to me that this is not a good idea. But beforehand, I knew almost nothing. So um, that, that's sort of a summary for those who have been listening and, and, and want to understand sort of the, the big picture. Is there any last things that you think are important for people to look into? Um, you know, reading the story, watching history be made with Bitcoin in El Salvador. Yes, uh, what I will ask the community, you know, is what the actual community asks us is to do your own research. Do not trust um, El Salvador government's news outlets. They have a lot of fake news sites spewing propaganda and misinformation, making everything look like it's perfect. Um, they have influencers uh, in social media, both Salvadoran and international influencers that they pay with our taxpayer money um, to influence you and for you to be deceived. Um, so please um, widen your criteria, open your mind and read uh, news outlets from, you know, other sources, not only the sources that El Salvadoran government is sharing um, or his allies are sharing because not everything is, you know, uh, fun and games, right? Uh, and there is people that is being affected daily, daily lives of people are being affected every day that you cannot send money with this transaction uh, system that is not ready for prime time. Uh, you know, that's what I will ask the community is that, you know, don't trust verify as you say and do your own research. That's basically it. And thank you, Avi, for having me. And thank you for, um, you know, having people in your show that can give you different perspectives. Because if you only listen to one side of the, you know, story, you are missing a lot of a lot of uh, important um, details. And I think your show is adding a lot of more context to all of this uh, use and misuse of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Uh, so thank you so much for having me and uh, congratulations for your show. Absolutely. Oscar Salguero, he is a native El Salvadorian. He is a senior mobile developer, host of Code Play Talk. You can follow those on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. He's a lead organizer of the Google Developer Group in San Salvador, where he currently resides. And uh, is there any other things that we can follow you? Where can we follow your Twitter or Reddit? What, where else are you online? Yes, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Oscar Salguero or Oscar Salguero, whether you want to pronounce it uh, Salguero or Salguero. And you can follow um, on Twitter. You can go to Coldplay Talk Dev, uh, Code uh, Play Talk Dev, and also follow uh, this new um, effort that is aimed to educate people in uh, about how technology affects our daily lives. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining me.